Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, who, as we all know, are the world's greatest football team, although they didn't necessarily show it last night in a rather uninspiring 0-0 draw with Brighton, which we'll discuss in a moment. We'll also pick a legend in right midfield this time to slot into our all-time Aston Villa Perfect eleven, And, of course, there's our back-in-time quiz where a free Nando's is on the line. Uh, so welcome to the seventh episode of All Villa No Filler Now. I'm your host, George Zielinski. I'm joined by two lifelong villains, Birmingham's own Roisin Mendonca. Hello, Roisin. Good morning, George. Hello, and Frankie Maguire. Hello, Frankie. How are you doing? Always a pleasure to hear from you, George. Uh, so, Roisin, how have you been? Um, yeah, yeah, not bad. Uh, had probably one too many lemonades last night to celebrate <laughs> the most boring nil-nil match in history ever um, but you know apart from feeling slightly worse for wear I'm fine um, and I, I wanted to, to talk to you guys about something um, you know I mentioned last week that I was kind of missing teaching yeah and you know it was nice to get into school well I was talking to our friend James last weekend uh, how would you describe James <laughs> boys if you charismatic uh individual who annoyingly is not into football right so i texted him and you know asked him what he was doing and he was sat watching the cricket with his cat <laughs> um, yeah. and so i kind of thought what better time for him to kind of get a new pastime um kind of learn some things about uh, you know, get a new interest um, than during lockdown. And I thought it's probably time to teach James a lesson. Oh, I like this. Um, get him on the pod um, and kind of teach him about the greatest football team in the world. Um, so maybe I think, you know, start with a history lesson, 1874. I don't know, 1982. Frankie's probably going to go hair and beauty, something about Jack Grealish. Oh, or, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got that. I've got a whole Wikipedia section written about that. Well, I don't know, George, what, what do you think his first lesson should be? If, if first lesson should on? be? Mm. Oh, that is a good question. Um, how not to manage a club, the Paul Lambert thing. <laughs> to, um, Business studies. <laughs> yeah, Roberto Di Matteo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the highlight, yeah. Have, the highlights of uh, Salafu's Villa career, maybe. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Anyway, I thought it would be nice to get him on. Have a think maybe about what lessons we could teach him, boys, if we do get him on. Um, and if anyone's listening and, and has some great ideas about, about what lessons we could teach James, because he's got a lot to learn. He's got a lot mm. to learn. Converting a Villa fan, I think that's a, that's a very, very it's important. Good idea. It's very How's important. it going with Alfie? Are you still converting him? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's, it's a slow process. Uh, he is only 13 weeks old, so um, <laughs> he's, not, he's not engaging with me, let alone Aston Villa Football Club yet. Sure. So, um, it's gonna take. It's gonna take some time. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been okay. I wasn't feeling too good over the weekend. I'll be honest. Um, I, I had a, I had a bit of food poisoning on Friday night. Yeah, I was, it was awful. I, I mean, I felt worse, worse watching. I felt okay? worse watching. You okay now? I'm, I'm fine. I felt worse watching Villa last night. To be honest. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a toss up between the two. Um, but in good news, um, I'm still going in my Tim Sherwood challenge on Football Manager. Yeah. Oh wow. Means that I've lasted. I've lasted longer than the real Tim Sherwood already, <laughs> which is success in itself. I tell you what, Jordan Ayew in my game is absolutely prolific. Really? So really? Yeah. He just he scores all the time. It's incredible. He just yeah. needed the right manager. He did. <laughs> he needed Tim Sherwood back in his life. So um so I you know I'm I'm happy. Yes, food poisoning bad. 
but Tim Sherwood, Football Manor Challenge, good. So I'm, uh, I'm very pleased. Frankie, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, lockdown life as, as usual, but, um, you know, made a couple of, uh, couple of friends this week. I think we, uh, we interviewed uh, Rick Leong, who's the chairman of the California Lions. He was, uh, he was really interesting to talk to about how he became a Villa fan, just, you know, growing up in uh, Oakland, California. And then uh, also spoke to Neil Dunworth from the For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast of the day. Another uh, person was interested to hear how growing up in Limerick in Ireland, he also became a Villa fan. So, uh, yeah, ma- made some friends this week. It's been, it's been an unusual. And they good... weren't cats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were real people. They were real people. So, you know, had, oh, had an actual funny. social life of some description. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, today is uh, Valentine's Day, uh, but uh, I really... As you could probably tell already, wasn't feeling much love for the performance against Brighton yesterday, which finished nil-nil. Uh, Rasheen, was that our most boring game of the season? <laughs> uh, I think it was possibly the most boring game in football history. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> no, I have sat through some games at Villa Park, but that kind of felt like the Villa of old, didn't it? Uh, what were you yeah. saying last week, George? About at least we have exciting, attractive football yeah, to I, watch I, in London. I know, and also. I, <laughs> I think I plugged this game. I thought, oh, it's going to be a great game. <laughs> yeah, know, it was. It was dull, wasn't it? What did we have? We yeah. had like like one shot on target. I thought there was no creativity. Um, and I thought we looked frustrated. Like Douglas Luiz looked frustrated, but we couldn't mm. make anything out of it. Um, and I don't think it's because Brighton were absolutely fantastic. Um, it, I, I think we just looked a bit rubbish. It looked like the old Villa kind of creeping in. I thought that from that free kick or kind of the follow up from the free kick, it was going to be a you know, a late oh, one right now. To, right at the end, yeah. Yeah, I got that vibe yesterday. And, and I, you know, I haven't felt that negativity about Villa this season, which is interesting. Mm. It is the first time it's happened, really. Um, what did you think, Franco? Yeah, I think... So I was at the Brighton game last season where we won 2-1. And I remember watching that first half before Aaron Moy stupidly got sent off, where they absolutely dominated us. And they dominated us in the sense they kept passing around in... Like in um, They'll play it on the floor. They would move at quite strange angles, which left us looking a bit lost. And I feel like every time we've played Brighton since, that has happened. And yesterday, the back four were brilliant. And we'll get on to Emmy Martinez, who was, you know, uh, so wonderful that he says it like Renaissance paintings, as you pointed out yesterday, George. But um, I think that uh, playing out from the back, we were just never able to get forward at all. And that was, you know, largely down to our own lack of imagination, but also Brighton tactically seem to have us work, worked out. And I do wonder whether going forward when we play teams like Brighton, whether perhaps we need to have a kind of a tactical tweak or mix it up a little bit because I feel like them and West Ham in the last few games, they've approached us in a way that looked to me like they've studied us very a lot and they've figured out a way of playing against us, which is slightly concerning going forward. Yeah, How would you I mean, mix it up? Maybe you could move Jack Grealish into the centre. You could Maybe we could see a bit more of Morgan Sanson. Um, maybe even McGinn could be moved forward slightly. Just a slight mix of a slight different personnel at times. Um, of course, I'll always say Dean Smith knows because, you know, he's proven it enough now that he does. But um, yesterday, yeah, I would say that, um, you know, it's worth pointing out as well that Brighton are a team that are in really good form. They've beaten Spurs, Liverpool and Leeds recently. They haven't lost or conceded anything for, for a while. So, um, or conceded much for a while. So uh, it's, it's not the worst result in the world, but it was just very frustrating how little we offered, really. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think credit to Brighton, you know, tactics are spot on. And, and um, you know, from their point of view, it's probably they, they just couldn't score. And I, 
you know, I do rate Graham Potter as a as a manager. He did he did clearly he did his homework on us and and he did he did nullify us and and they looked quite threatening going forward. You know, they just they just couldn't score, which has been kind of their problem um, all season. Um, you know, if we do if we do move on to Martinez now, I mean, can we change our perfect eleven and just stick Martinez in goal, please? <laughs> I told you, I told you. I told oh, he's you. not up to Bozzy standards. Oh, he is. Yeah. He is. Oh. He's, he's, he's good. He's good. He's good. He, he keeps good. getting like better and better. I think every every game and every every time I see a performance like that, I just think. I'm absolutely baffled why Arsenal never gave him a proper chance for oh, so long when he was when he was at that cl- club for so many seasons, and he turned out to be their best keeper when they when they you know when he started playing him he was their best keeper and then they sold him to us. Um, so I I mean I've got a question. Um, you know he's bizarrely again he's never made a competitive game for Argentina, and you know he qualifies <laughs> for England on residency grounds. <laughs> Martinez, Martinez, Martinez for England. <laughs> we're, start, we're starting yeah, the campaign. campaign right here. Yeah, it's exactly. going to start in the All Villa No Filler podcast, and before you know it, him and the the Villa back four are all lining up for England at the <laughs> final. I mean, he's just. Uh, it's, it's, it's. I find it incredible that he's never he's never made a competitive uh, appearance for, for Argentina. Like he's, he's he must be their best player. Like let, yeah. he's the best player. L- Lionel stuff. Messi's looking on at Martin. Is going. I've got nothing on this guy. Got <laughs> yeah, nothing. Exactly. I've yeah. got nothing. Um, God, he was sensational. Every he, like apart from the West Ham game, which he has been just absolutely sensational, hasn't he? Like. Everything about his, his play is just on it. He's a, he's a perfect modern goalkeeper. Would you, would you take any other goalkeeper in the Premier League over Emmy Martinez at the moment? No, no. no absolutely not. No, no uh, I wouldn't have minded that uh, Man City assist from yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> Straight yeah. out from goal. <laughs> but apart from that, no. Emmy every day. Mm. I just look at it, I just say, what, what were Arsenal doing? But, you know, I've also got to mention yesterday, like looking at Brighton's defence, how big was that defense? Like, is it? Uh, it was uh, Lewis Dan Dunk, Burn. White, and was it Dan Burn? Like, Dan Burn looked Dan like Dan Ivan Drago and John McGinn, <laughs> yeah. like Rocky Balboa yeah. next to him. You know, yeah, you could, you could see a film where John McGinn's like fighting it out against uh, Dan Burn in a you know, in a boxing ring and he miraculously defeats him or something. But oh, every, every time he got a corner, I just thought, well. Just you know, we're not going to score. Absolutely huge monsters. It was like him, him and Tyra Mings would be like a, a the end scene of a Marvel movie, like a huge battle or something. It was just, it was <laughs> All villa, no filler on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The perfect eleven. It's the Perfect Eleven, which I'm hosting this week. This is a feature, as you hopefully know by now, where we build our best ever Aston Villa First Eleven. We've already chosen the likes of Mark Bosnich in goal and Paul McGrath at centre-back. But this week, we're moving on to the right midfield position. Rasheen, who have you gone for? Do you know what? Thinking about this, what I realised is we're we're not really blessed on this this flank, are we? Um, there's a lot more kind of choice on 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 the left, um, and I think that the standout guy for me was Tony Daly, um, local boy, almost a decade at Villa, um, and I, I suppose it's the same for you. For for me, it's just it was just a name you knew when you were growing up. Tony Daly was the man, um, and 
I think in terms of not having a huge amount of choice, I didn't just want to kind of shoehorn Gabriella Bognahor in here to get him <laughs> in the team. Um, you know, Tony Daly is a real winger. Um, he's, he's fast. Um, he's got a good touch. He's got a decent cross, more than 200 appearances for us, more than 30 goals. Um, he was league runner-up twice, uh, you know, before the Premier League and in the Premier League. League Cup winner. Um, and do you know what? To celebrate the historic year 1988, 1988 was a good year, right, George? Mm-hmm. Great year. Yeah, great year. Great year for Britain. Um, to celebrate that historic year, have you ever seen the uh, the kind of the Daily Dazzler against Everton? Like a kind of a flying leap volley. Like picture Emmy oh, Martinez yeah. yesterday in that Renaissance picture and then <laughs> volleying the ball into the back net. Um, absolutely incredible. Uh, absolutely amazing goal. Um, just great hair he'd fit into the team mm. today with our great hair wouldn't he um and you know what I still see it well when we go to the posh bit of the villa um he's always there and you know he supports the club um he goes around he has a chat to everybody he's absolutely lovely um and he always has a photo with me and my mother to entertain us <laughs> as we go so is he like uh like really like fit now like he has like his own fitness program and stuff yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um yeah and his hair's still as good um so for me there was only one kind of really really solid you know, Villa legend to put put there at right midfield, and it's Tony Daly. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I do like Tony Daly. He was, um, he was quite an exciting player, wasn't he? He was like rapid, and um, yeah, yeah, local boy, definitely looked good in that Muller shirts from memory. Yeah, another, oh, one, another, another one in the long line of handsome villains. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, you know, again, Should I make a new series of that. Actually, handsome villains. <laughs> handsome, villains. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you make a very persuasive um, argument there. I Always. do. I did rate Tony Daly. So, mm. frankly, you're gonna have to pull out the stops this week. I agree. He worked. Tony Daly was one of my early heroes. You know, when I started sporting the Villa in '92. But I've actually gone for a uh, another hero of the '92-'93 season, a player who is more often associated with being a striker usually was a striker, but also played on the right wing and played in midfield. And his name is Dalian Atkinson. Um, in one of his great Villa performances in the Coca-Cola Cup final of 1994, a game I was at against Manchester United, we won 3-1. He played on the right wing. And it pained me not to have Dalian in our team anywhere. Um, so he joined in 1991 from Real Sociedad, which in itself was quite unique. You know, players playing in La Liga, or English players playing in La Liga at that point wasn't too common. Um, now, Daly and Atkinson, to me, was like one of my first childhood heroes. You know, I think of somebody like the ultimate warrior in wrestling. I think of Daly and Atkinson and Paul McGrath in football. And you remember how the ultimate warrior used to run to the ring with all this energy. Daly and Atkinson could be a little bit like that on a football pitch where he'd go on this blistering run to the ring with, uh, with such force and drive that nobody could stop him. Defenders would simply bounce off him. Um, and Atkinson, um, <laughs> when he got the ball, if you watch highlight reels of him, this is what I remember vividly in my memories. He'd get the ball and he'd go full flight, full speed. He was just like a nightmare to deal with for defenders. Um, and considering the range of positions he was able to play, and that also suggests a highly intelligent football player, he was a massive part of that team that finished second in the uh, Premier League that first year. He was integral to the Tranmere semi-final, uh, that comeback, uh, just like Mark Bosnich, uh, and then scoring <laughs> in the final. Um, according to Soccer Base, he got 11-15 and 15 for us in the League Cup, and he scored 38 goals for the Villa in 100 games. And do you know what? I mean... You could just rest your case by saying the umbrella goal 
you know, I still yeah, I, I was wondering. I was wondering when you get to that. Yeah, because yeah. that, that's like that's. I mean, that's probably the greatest goal I've ever seen a Villa player score. It's, Better it's, than the Daily Dazzler. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's up there with the Daily Dazzler. It's, <laughs> it's what it's one of like my earliest memories of a goal, and amazingly to this day, it's still probably the best goal I've seen a Villa player score. I think, um, and mm. that iconic celebration with the guy running on with the umbrella. It's just it's it's what it's like a work of art, you know. Um, yeah, I, that, that face he pulled to the fans when he's kind of like shrugging yeah. his shoulders. He's and that was, like, he always you know, did that. Yeah. Whenever he scored a, a great goal, he'd give a little bit of a shrug. Like he just somebody was like, yeah, this is what I do. Deal with it. Um, and uh, I also remember he was never in fear of a team like Man United at the team. It was like, at the time, it was like a juggernaut. I remember him scoring an amazing goal against Man United at Villa Park where he ran from halfway line, just slammed it past Peter Schmeichel. And uh, I also found a really nice clip on YouTube on Match of the Day from 1992 of uh, Des Lynham talking to Alan Hansen about uh, Dalian Atkinson after he'd scored two really good goals against Sheffield Wednesday, having played in midfield. And Hansen said about him, uh, you know, Des Lynham says to him, how would you have dealt with Dalian Atkinson? And Alan Hansen says, uh, I wouldn't have, uh, I would have delegated to Phil Thompson. Mark Lawrenson would have had to pick him up. He was too good a player for me. And if a player like Alan Hansen is saying that Dalian Atkinson is too good a player... You just want to bring more Hansons in. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, yeah, if Dalian Atkinson's saying that... And, oh, sorry, uh, uh, Alan Hansen's saying that. So, um, you know, I think... <laughs> I just think this, he's, a, he's, a highlight, he's a highlight reel of a player. He was, he was a great player for Villa. And I think to have him in our, on the right wing for the, for the perfect eleven. I'd take that. I, um, I mean, I never thought you'd compare him to the ultimate warrior uh, for stuff. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you did because that's a good. It was a good analogy in the end. So, um, so there we are. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, the formation that we've decided to sort of pin everything on, which is a four-two-three-one. Mm. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to kind of featuring players perhaps in their naturalised positions. I, I'm sure Atkinson himself would. Say Tony, you do know Tony Daly naturally goes on, his, I, on I the right do. of midfield, right? You can mention that. Yes, yeah. I mean that is that is compelling. Yeah, I, I mean I just, yeah, I mean I think uh, I think we have to get some players in in somewhere. And for me, oh, I'm sorry, yes. Atkinson. Atkinson is, is is like again, what? I like he was. You've got a ready-made winger here, <laughs> Listen, flying Daly, down the flank. Daly, Daly is leaping the through the air like another Renaissance pitcher. Daily is the impact sub off the bench, but um, but getting into that first eleven, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say Daily Atkinson is going in. You're listening to All Villa No Filler, a podcast about the greatest football team on earth. We'd love to hear your views about our perfect eleven, and whether it's Daly and Atkinson or Tony Daly on the right for you. Just get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Okay, let's look ahead now to Villa's next game. It's uh, Leicester City, a really tricky one next Sunday. Uh, Frankie, how do you think that one is going to go? Uh, it's a difficult one, Leicester. We either tend to have very tight games against them where we somehow come out on top or we get absolutely pummeled by them. Um, it's, it's either or with those guys. Um, a lot of it comes down to Vardy. James Madison's in really excellent form at the moment as well. So I think it's going to be a... We, yeah, Harvey Barnes, as you say, we, we're going to be given likely a bit of a run around at times next week. We've just got to hold on during those pressure moments, you know, soak it up, 
And if we can come through that, we can steal a win. I see no reason why we can't do that. We did it um, earlier this season. But, you know, Leicester are in really, really decent form at the moment. Um, they beat, obviously beat Liverpool, although you could say that was partly down to Liverpool's own mistakes, really. Um, I mean, do you, think, do you think any changes are needed? Because I think I'm right in saying that we've made less changes to our starting eleven than any other Premier League team. Mm. Um, I, know, I know that's kind of... Um, that has worked. I mean, you know, we obviously play much better than we did last season, of course. Uh, we've, I think the settled defence in particular has helped massively. You know, compared to Liverpool, as you mentioned, I think they've, they've made 17 different uh, centre-back mm. pairings this season. Um, and they, they look very ropey. But we, I don't know, we just look a bit leggy and, um, and sometimes out of ideas. Do you think we should make any changes? Sanson, Nakamba, players like that? Yeah, I think it, it would be nice to, to kind of, I mean, we've discussed it before, to see some of that depth actually kind of having an impact on the pitch. Um, and, and we, I think we discussed Marvellous coming on and playing a full 90 and, and being absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, I think, you know, in Dean we trust, yes. <laughs> but also, um, fresh legs from from players that that can and do play well. Um, I I think it might be good to see. And and like Frankie said, Leicester are a threat. I think with this game on Sunday, it depends what Villa turns up, doesn't it? If if mm. the Villa from last night turn up, um, then we're going to lose that battle in midfield. Um, and and I was kind of looking at the, the Madison-Grealish kind of battle, I suppose it is. Um, they've got a similar amount of goals. Um, Madison's got, I think, six goals, five assists. He averages three shots a match. He's got 75 percent passing completion he's a threat from set pieces um if if we can't contain him um or if we can't make something from Grealish's creativity because he's got as many goals he's got more assists um and he's more creative if, if we can't make anything from that and, and they lock us down then I don't know we're kind of done for I think it I think it will lie in that midfield battle and, and maybe there are some changes to be made in the yeah, middle of the pitch. What, what do you think? I think I think consistency is definitely the key. I think Smith himself has said uh, pre-match before the game against Brighton that we just haven't had a run of um, positive results in a while. It seems to be kind of win, lose, win, lose, draw, lose. Do you know what I mean? It's there hasn't been a consistent run since really the start of the season. Perhaps against Brighton we were a bit complacent because going into that game, many people might have thought that we were the favourites to um, to win that one. Obviously against Leicester, that's that's not going to be the case. And we and we have to be fair performed better against the bigger sides this season if you think about obviously Liverpool and Arsenal you know teams like that we we have and Leicester obviously we we beat them yeah. earlier this season um so you know it, as you say we're so you just don't know which Aston Villa is going to turn up and I hope I really hope that this um this game against Brighton is, is another kind of you know kick up, kick up the bum really uh to try and get us back to playing at the level that I know that we're capable of playing, particularly the, 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 the more offensively minded players like Barkley, mm. Grealish, um, you know, Traore, players like that kind of need to just set up, uh, need to be a bit more consistent and, um, and start, start sort of delivering on a more regular basis. This is where things get competitive. It's the back in time quiz where, as the title implies, I'll take a journey back in time to see how much these guys really know about the Villa. As ever, we're playing for the Townsend Trophy, named after the Villa legend Andy Townsend. And whoever wins the quiz takes hold of the trophy. And by the end of the season, whoever's won this quiz the most gets a free Nando's. And the losers are going to have to buy it for them. Um, Now, the last time you both played... 
George? <laughs> the la- every time I've played, I've lost. Let's just yeah. cut, cut, cut it right there. <laughs> I think Roisin is the people's champion of this quiz. She's the, uh, I, I think maybe, like, we mentioned Rocky Balboa earlier. That's what I'm putting you down as. You're Rocky Balboa, plucky fighter. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's kind of an FA Cup underdog, you know, she's... Uh, right, she's sure, I'm the Louis middle Right, got yeah. it, okay. Um, but it, it's going to change sometime, the luck has to change at some point, so... I um, don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure filler goals from 19 years ago are my speciality, actually. We'll I'll see. Get, I'll get the buzzer sounds going, so firstly, Roisin, what are you, what's going to be your buzzer today? I mean, Gabby's been working for me so it's, far, right? So. It's going to be Gabby, <laughs> and George... Your lucky omen. Um, I'm gonna, I change mine every week, so I'm going to go for uh, Burson after Mathieu Burson. Burson. Another in a long line of great signings there. Right, okay. So, <laughs> question one. We're going back to the year 1996. We've swept the side leads in the Coca-Cola Cup final. Who scored the first goal of that Burson. Game? Oh, I think I heard Gabby first. No, I heard Burson first. <laughs> Is he right? Who, who was uh, it, that was, um, that was uh, Sir Savo. Savo Milosevic, right? It was indeed Serbia's Savo Milosevic. Um, very... well, that, was, that was a great goal as well. That was the best goal he ever scored and he saved it for that match. Yeah. <laughs> that, that man had a really good goal scoring record wherever he went. I don't know why there was this myth that somehow he didn't do well at Villa. He did well at Villa. Um, did it? Was there a bit of an unsavoury incident involving spitting at fans, which kind of killed oh, off his yeah, career? Yeah. <laughs> I think that would have done Maybe, it. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll we'll move on. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's one nil to George. On to question two. And you know what? We're going to stay in that Coca Cola Cup file of 1996. And I'm going to ask you, oh, yes, please. who was manager that day for the Villa? Burson. I've heard Burson. Who was it, George? Because <laughs> I, I, I can see his face now. When he, when he celebrated that Savo goal, it was Brian Little. Totally wrong. No, yeah, it was Brian Little. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. So it's an it's a early 2 0 lead. Right, Roisin. Are we, carry- are we going to carry on? <laughs> well, the show I'd- must keep go going. The show Let's must go going. on. It's gonna- Do you know what? I, I actually knew that one again, and I just, I'm not even bothering screaming that I know them anymore. <laughs> it, it all happened. It all come. I, th- I think, I think, uh, it's, I think it's saying Gabby Agbonglo. I think you've got to change your buzzer. It's the buzzer. Savo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm jumping in my Mandalorian again. And I've gone back to the year, well, I've gone back to December 2008. We're 2-0 down against Arsenal at home. But we've just mounted an amazing comeback. And in the final minute, we scored an equaliser. Who fired the ball home? Ooh. It was a defender. A defender who maybe didn't have a stellar career with Villa, but had kind of a, played a lot under O'Neill. And he'll sold Gary Cahill. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a tentative burst on. Okay. And um, and I think it was Zataya slash Zat Knight. George Zelinski. you've taken a three 0 lead. <laughs> it was Zat Knight. Yes. Zat Knight. Knight Rider. Knight Rider. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
You'd have been I, just, I, 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 remember, I would never have got that. We could have sat here for weeks and Zach and I would have never come into my thoughts. Yeah, Zach, Zach and I was going to be my buzzer noise for next week. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you know, again, I can kind of remember him weeding away to celebrate. Because he, cause he's, uh, he's from Birmingham, isn't he? He's a, he's yeah. a local, local yeah. boy. Unbelievably, I think we sold Gary Cahill to kind of bring that night in. Pretty which, much, um, yeah. We replaced Gary Cahill. Was a poor never, decision. Never made any sense at the time. Though. I always rated Cahill. I think everyone rated Cahill. Yeah, I, I rated Cahill. I, I remember when we sold him at the time, even though I must have been about like 13, thinking he's, <laughs> he's making a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> big mistake, big mistake. Yeah. Well, George has taken an unassailable 3-0 lead. Do we uh, do we carry on with this? or? Yeah, come on, come let's on just then. carry right. on. Two the humiliation is, it's, it's kind of second nature to me now. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, Roisin, it's another game I definitely know you were at here. Um, I've been to twice as many matches as both of you put together. You're at every game. You always go. <laughs> were you asleep when you went to these matches? <laughs> <laughs> Just taking yeah. pictures with Tony Daly. <laughs> right, well, question four. It's the FA Cup semi-final of 2015. Um, we beat Liverpool 2-1. Famous game. Who scored the second goal for us? You can't remember who scored the second? Uh, Oh, I'm hearing no, Gabby. Lord, no, I can't. Oh, I don't know. First on, first I don't first know. Time. Do you know, that was a great game as well. Um, I, I, I just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right, here we go. You know, George. Salt, salt, first on. Salt in the eyes, salt in the wounds. I'm going to say um, Fabian Delph scored that goal. It was indeed Fabian Delph. Was it? Yeah. It was. It was an assist from Jack Grealish as well. It was. Um, yeah. Lovely assist. An early example of what he was capable of. All right, final question. It's 1995. We've just beaten Manchester United 3-1 on the first day of the season. A game I was at. What did Alan Hansen famously say on Match of the Day in the highlights after that game? Is this what you were just saying in the... No. What the did part. he say? What did oh. he say about Manchester United? Oh, first song. Very famous quote. That everybody hates them and they're the worst football team <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I think. He, I think he said that. Apart from after, Londoners who love them. He, he said that after after saying this. He said, right. "You don't win anything with kids." That is correct, George. It's uh it's our first whitewash of the season. <laughs> <laughs> How has it taken you guys this long? <laughs> Rush, Rushing it's <laughs> it's not quite happened yet in the quiz. It's for not you. happened. It's not happened. Uh, it's. I mean, it's. It's really fine. It's okay. I am <laughs> fine with not knowing these random facts. But it is highlighting kind of what a terrible memory I have. You know, what's going on up there? <laughs> Nothing. Because <laughs> you're. you're yeah, you are Adam. Sure, if we did a quiz about two thousands rappers, um, R and B and rap, I'd, I'd do quite well. But clearly, Villa goals. No, it's not happening for me. As you said earlier in the show, to be fair, Rashid, you did say so many of the game. You were, you said the Brighton game reminded you a lot of Villa games in the past. <laughs> yeah, where they've been so dull, so yeah. mediocre. That why would you, why would you remember them? So yeah. you know, I I get that. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. See you next week, Rasheen. Bye, George. Up the villa. Up the villa. Cheery bye <laughs> Frankie. See you later. Up the villa. Up the villa. Up the villa. And it's goodbye from me. We'll be back next week to talk over the Leicester game on Sunday. But until then, come on, you villa boys from Aston. <laughs>